Comfy? Comfortable. Righty, off we go. Hello and welcome to the Generic Foiling Podcast. Both Freddie and Liam here today. Your foiling frothing hosts. <laughs> uh, yeah, welcome to the biggest foiling podcast in the southwest of England. Oh, um, I found out some stats. What were the stats? Oh, shit, yeah. We're big in Israel and we the are, United Arab Emirates. We are the 25th biggest... 27th. 27th. sporting podcast in the UAE on Apple Podcasts. That's an achievement. wonder how many podcasts there are in the UAE and top sporting ones. Do you know any Arabic words? No, that's true, actually. That's pretty good. Anyway, hello. Um, Liam and I haven't sat down for a little while, and... Now we are. Uh, we've had a few interviews back to back, and we've got a few more coming up. And obviously, these are just getting a little bit less and less, I guess. So we were quite conscious we wanted to sit down and ramble. They're definitely not the most popular episodes in the world because we're obviously not quite as appealing as the the guests that we're getting on nowadays. But it's still important. It's our fucking podcast. It's what we want to do. So stop <laughs> complaining. Um, it's disappointing that, isn't it? We just basically want to talk about the fact that we've been out riding. It went from like two weeks of not a single session for me. The following two weeks, I think I must have got out like 10 times. We've uh, done well. Which is very well timed. That's something I'll come on to. I had a bunch of new gear arrive, so we could talk about my new foil, new wing. I've tried out some other gear too. Uh, we're going to talk about the sessions that we've had. There's been kite foiling, prone foiling, wing foiling and freddie's been away at a demo at cheddar water sports big scene big scene is cheddar the shop name or is that the it's not a shop it's a it's a stingy center sailing anyway we'll come on to that um freddie's had a go on that i want to say leviathan yeah i was going to use an adjective there but i shall save that for later a very very large span pumping foil yeah yeah the one that Charles laughed at. Did he laugh at it? I, I can't believe remember so. That. I think he was giggling away when we were talking about <laughs> those. Um, we're going to talk about surface finish on foils and masks and products in general. Uh, I want to talk a bit about prototyping on the back of things that have been mentioned in some of the recent podcasts. And then there might be a little bit on the end, if we've got time, about downwinding boards and volume. So we're just going to have a natter. I think as a general gist of it, um, yeah, we've been active, we've been out and about, we've learned a fair bit, we've tried some stuff, and we've had some good sessions ourselves. Firstly... I think you should talk about your pumping. Which, what pumping? What, at the weekend? Yeah. We're just straight in with the Leviathan. I think so. I want to hear about it. Uh, okay. And I want to hear about that buoyancy aid as well. That's <laughs> nice. Uh, we were at Cheddar Water Sports this weekend, just gone. Um, on the Sunday in the beautiful sunshine, we were there for a fin and foil event. So this is this is who I work for. We were there with the brands that I work with, Ozone, Axis, SIC, all this sort of lot, with a few bits and pieces demoing. And uh, it was these guys' first uh, wing foil event. They just wanted to put something on. Basically, for anyone outside the UK, uh, we have a ton of. RYA dinghy centers and sailing centers on reservoirs and flat water lakes around the UK. And they're brilliant for what they do. Um, people have been members of these clubs for donkeys and donkeys years. You can go, you can rent a dinghy out for five pound and all this sort of jargon. The problem we're finding now is nobody sails anymore because no one can either afford it or no one, it's not in fashion anymore. 
all these same lakes are being used by paddleboarders and windsurfers and wing surfers, or at least they want to be used by these people. But a lot of these dinghy clubs are full of a bunch of old farts that won't let them. Uh, and that's generally what's happening. The guys that are on the committees just, oh, I don't want, don't want to see these people down here. It's just for, it's just for sailing. And I've talked to a few uh, kite schools. Same principles apply. They can't get involved with these clubs because the clubs don't want anybody but sailors involved, even though these kite surf clubs and, and, and schools are offering hundreds of members potentially to join and actually give them some money because they've not had any funding in however many years. Anyway, there was one club up in Cheddar Water Sports. Great place. They've opened their doors reluctantly to begin with by the sounds of things. You know, it was definitely an interesting one for them, the older members that wanted to keep it the way it was. But a year or two down the line now, I think they've just trickled over. Um, the bulk of the members are windsurfers and wing foilers. Uh, so it must be 51, 52% of them are, are that as opposed to sailors. So they wanted to put on a little event um, to get more and more people involved down there. They invited a lot of trade members. Um, there was myself and my colleague Tom. There was, oh shit, it was only the other day and I can't remember. I was quite hungover, which probably shouldn't be told. Um, hang on, so Paul was there from Starboard with the Sup North Devon guys. Great to see them. Um, I'm just trying to think who oh, was... Oh, you're trying to remember this is the shout-outs that you were going to Sorry, do. yeah, this is the yeah. shout-outs to the people's names. Carl, Carl, Carl Cad Wally Wally from wherever Brandy's from nowadays. Uh, Carl from Cabrina, who's not from Cabrina anymore. He's from JP. So I took the piss out of him quite a bit because he hasn't windsurfed in years, but now he's having to rig up windsurf sails that he can't really remember how to do, but that was always good. Um, big shout-out to him because he's always listening. Uh, who then went? We were next, and then... Oh, my God, the foil bike, guys. We haven't even written that on the list to talk about. <laughs> the foil bike. The foil bike, guys. Fucking hell, they were there. Um, I love that you go to a demo with a product and then go, no, 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 no. you can't have a go on it. You oh, can yeah. watch oh, us. God, no, you God can forbid. watch us, but you can't have a go on it. I think they had the wrong insurance, they said, so nobody could actually have a go on it. That I kind of goes, is that not a bit of a flaw in the product? I just don't if think they if... wanted anyone to use it. Mm. I really don't. I, I mean, they were 13 grand. So if, if any of my products were 13 grand, you'd, you'd need some serious Well, you say that, checking. but when the e-foils all first came out, they were 10 grand. Yeah, that's true. Um, <clears throat> Paul from AFS was there. It was good to meet him. Again, big fan. Said hello to me. Made me feel a little bit starstruck. No, I'm whichever way. Uh, chat to him. And then... Um, I'm doing really badly here. I'm, I'm You're still... going to have to edit all this out. This no. is boring and slow and terrible. Hello, everybody that listens oh, that was at the Cheddar Water Sports event that Freddie can't remember. This is a really bad one, isn't it? Anyway, I was there. Um, Stacey was there. Stacey looks after Core and Sabfoil. Uh, Sabfoil have got their big pump and glidey style wings at the moment, big flat water dock starting wings. And I, I took a photo of one a while ago when we were at another show, and it just looks ridiculous so this 1750 centimeter span wing and uh he let me have a go on it and pretty mental i mean i again firstly to anyone that's still in the strange mindset that we can actually do these sports that we talk about we are terrible and 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 i can't dock start very well at all and can only manage to go a few meters at a time um but this thing was bonkers this thing was really really bonkers it's a one-trick pony 
and, I, and Stacey has really kindly let me borrow it for the week before I see him for another event next, uh, in two weeks' time, actually. Um, so I have got it to play on and get Liam to have a go on as well. Uh, it's just mental. It just wants to go in a straight line. It doesn't want to turn. It is, it is an insane pump machine. Like It just wants to go. You, you, you push your back foot down and expect it to kind of give a little bit, and it doesn't. You, it's, just, you're pushing against a brick wall. But does that translate into forward movement? Don't complicate me with that bullshit. I don't know. It's not it, bullshit. It moves you forward. Like... It moves you. Yeah, of course it does. I don't know. The only thing I took away from it, the main thing was that the thing just rattles through your spine because the mast can't take it. If you're off keeled at all, which I am a lot because I can't dock start very well and I jump on the board and I'm a little bit left or a little bit too far right weighted, uh, you push down into the board and the whole mast sort of springs back to you because the. You push down in the board, you push through the mast, it goes down into the foil. The foil ain't going anywhere, so it just pushes straight back up the mast, straight through the board, straight up your legs, straight up your back. And it just rattles you like crazy. I don't doubt you could pump that thing for miles. I don't doubt that at all. But you'd need half a mile to turn the thing around as well and get back to where you started. (laughs) Or more skill. And I I am keen to try it because it was one hell of a thing. Um, but I'm not sure how, I mean, I don't know what it's pitted towards. I don't know if it's pitted towards downwinding at all, but I think it must have insane Has anyone light. set any decent records on that compared to the Axis gear? I don't think yet, but it's had good reviews. It's the, they have had really good reviews. And Stacey did let us have a go on the 1350 as well. So I think, I think the 1750 is more pitted towards your bigger, bigger guys that maybe need that a little bit more. How big you've got to be to need a 1750 span wing, I do not know. And maybe you should be reassessing what sports you're into. But the 1350 felt good. Still felt a little bit squirrely, but it did feel, did feel really nice. I'm looking forward to having a go on it again. For me, same principles apply. I've never really used any other gear, and I'm not really in a position to do so because I'm not good enough on the gear I've got in the first place. So I, I missed my pump and glide 1150 because I, I suck on that, but at least I know it. Whereas this new stuff was just a bit new, and I didn't really have enough time on it. I mean, I, I'm very curious to have a go. My attempts at pump foiling is very limited i think it's three sessions now and i having only really used stuff like smaller wing foils and kite foils nothing that would be remotely appropriate to pumping and gliding specifically or dock starting or anything i remember first having a go on your 1150 and being shocked about how much lift there was just stepping off the dock, like pushing back through your hands when you're getting ready to go. So I can't imagine what something you, almost 50% bigger again would feel like. i tell you one thing that was unbelievable, or it felt ridiculous, and both Ben and I, who were having a go at the same time, felt the same, is if you paddled with your arms back to the dock after you it fell off, lift. it was producing lift. You could feel it, it was gliding, which is just fucking mental. Anyway, that was cool. So that was, that was a good little session that, um, that I've just had on. And like I said, I'm really looking forward to having a go at it again if we can actually suss out where we can take these things. We're just well, struggling. we were trying to brainstorm this evening about where to go. And like, you have this added complication of the fact that the, the span of the wing is nearly 1.8 metres. So yeah. like, you have to have a pretty decent overhang and quite a large platform to actually be able to start the bloody thing. Yeah, that 11.50 is bad enough. So we shall keep you in the loop with that, and I'm no doubt putting some up some terrible more photos of, of me using it. The buoyancy aid, I would like to say, it was actually pretty nice in the end, but with it being an RYA centre, 
some specky nose little twat <laughs> that, that wor- worked there came over very quick. Oh, you've got to wear a buoyancy aid to be insured here. Right, thanks, mate. Fuck off. Um, but it's what it is. Put it just on. looked like a very bulky one. I wasn't laughing oh, at the was use sa- of safety sailing... equipment. It just looked very bulky. <laughs> oh, it was a sailing sailing BA. They're always bulky, aren't they? They're not really designed for anything else. Cheap as chips, cheap and cheerful. So that's session one. I wonder whether the whole sailing club attitude that you talk about might change with time, given that winging has been under the RYA syllabus for over 12 months now. I can't see the sailing principles. I can't see that changing for another 50 years. (laughs) I can't see that affecting or being affected by wind voiling, wind surfing. I've no doubt it will, because you've got to think it's a generational thing, isn't it? The guys at the top who are leading the charge and putting the rules into place, they're all the well-to-do old sailing folk. Um, Completely unrelated to foiling, but related to this. My mind was blown the other day. Did you know that there are stores in London now, like the Tesco Express stores, where you have to log into the store via an app, and then you basically walk around the store, put whatever you want in your bag, and leave. Well, that, you like, don't have Amazon to scan store. it. But that's the Amazon store. Is it? You don't have to scan the product or anything. There's just cameras all around the store that identify you based on your check-in and then see what you pick up and just charge it to your account on the app. The reason I bring this well, up... Yeah, what in God's name have you, reason have you got to bring this up? In the same way that you're talking about like a generational change, when I heard about this, I was like, what about poor old Deirdre? Yeah. Going, yeah. In, yeah. Like, going up, there's literally a security guard on the store going, no, you can't come in unless you've got the app. There was some She's meme. It's going to blow her mind. Yeah, there was a meme that popped up the other day that just was about someone in their 30s really finally seeing what their parents complained about when they were kids about not getting on with technology. Because I'm at this point now where I'm like, I can't be asked figuring out more technology i'd rather just stay where i am which is not good to say i'm a third of the way through my life let's say hopefully it's a little bit bong. anyway off off topic there yes um good well done well i look forward to having a go uh should we talk about our sessions then Prone not foiling. only i believe in the last time we had one of these catch-ups we talked about the fact that both of us had a successful surf session three in a row well, you had three in a row, yeah. but there was a number of us that all very much enjoyed a surf, and now we've gone and done it with prone foiling too. We both had a very successful, very enjoyable prone foiling session, and I think that might be the first time <laughs> since we started this endeavour. What did you say so I don't to know me? how many months that is. You said something in the water, didn't you? You said we're actually, we're prone, we're, we've gone for a prone foil session. <laughs> yeah, and we're actually doing and it. And we're actually prone foiling. Both of us. Yet again, for everyone that does give us grief or thinks we're like a good level, because again, you listen to the progression project and you've got to remind yourself that Eric is a very, very, very good foiler and everyone that get, gets, goes on there is very good foilers. Liam and I are semi-mediocre at everything. So these, well, these when are, you're judging it against him, for sure. Well, yeah, exactly. I know, and we are, because I feel like if we're putting ourselves out there, people think, oh, these guys must be good. <clears> we're not. We're terrible. So the fact that we actually had a good prone foil session Before was, the end was of really the year, big. We're going to have to actually produce and edit. Well, judging by the fact that we can't take a flipping GoPro out into the water without it freezing or being lost, if anybody or listening has being any, pointed at our ass cheeks instead of if anybody has else. any 
contacts to any action sports camera brand, I want to hear from you because I've been making an active effort to take out a GoPro in the last few sessions. It's not even that old. It's like a Hero 7 or something. And every single time I take it out, it freezes up. And we went for a really good wing the other day. And Freddie was like riding towards me and I sat there on my board once again and I like waved to hit him and he knew that I had the camera with me. So I was like waving the camera. Hit go. Blip, 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 blip. Frozen. Game over. If anyone can tell us how to actually do it. Well, I don't think it's... I, 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 we just, I think we need a shiny new one. But can't afford one. So hit us up. Um, yeah, no, the prone falling was good. Um, Why was it good? So well, Reminisce. Because this is, again, this is like a week ago, week and a half ago. Small tides mm-hmm. at Bantham. I think still that a might savage been, paddle. I think that might... It was still a, yeah, it's still a long way to get out there. But I think that was one of the first times we've probably prone forward at Bantham where the tides have been fairly neepy. So not too much current compared to normal. Um, it was a small sort of mid-period swell, wasn't it? Uh, so the takeoffs. There were plenty of takeoffs, but the takeoffs weren't too powerful. And they were all kind of in the same place as well. Yes. There wasn't peaks everywhere. No, you didn't have to move around too much. There was a handful of people in the water. Um, Including Mr. Ben Lane, who was What I really liked off. about that, he was showing off, but what I really liked about that is there was a few foilers in the water. Ben, who is local to Bantham, very good foiler, he comes in and... Um, and I said hello to him, and he was asking whether you were there as well. And I was like, yeah, yeah, Freddie's over there. And I think I was reminiscing to him about the last time we had a session when he was there. I think both of us were having a shocker, or one of us was having a shocker or something. And then I pointed out that you were there, and literally the minute he'd come over, I think you got your best wave of the day. Oh, good. And you had a really, really long ride, and he was like, that's Freddie? <laughs> <laughs> and then like, immediately after, I literally watched you all the way in, and I was like, not even looking to see if there's any ways coming. Watch you go all the way in. And then Did the... you play it super nonchalant? Like, oh, yeah, that's, that's just, yeah. Well, yeah, but then the best thing happened, the next wave I got was it was a really nice takeoff where I did, like it wasn't one to ride a long way, but it was slightly steeper. So I fired off with loads of speed, pulled straight off, and it was one of the best pumping efforts I'd ever done and did like a really nice turn back on the second wave. And I was like, yeah, see, see, we can do it. See, see. <laughs> I mean, he, he schooled us afterwards, didn't he? he was, oh, yeah, he, he was he's, absolutely he's an absolute wizard. It. But at least he absolutely definitely saw that both of us got at least one good wave. Which is good because now we're not all going to paddle for the same waves and he's just going to go off and these guys are never going to get it anymore. Which is um, why we do surfing. But yeah, so I found that session very interesting. I borrowed a board kite barn at Cody UK our number one sponsor uh, <laughs> I borrowed a board off Rich and it was an apple tree skipper wing 60 litre 65 litres um, and it worked very well it was like probably the ultimate beginner prone board it didn't feel big in the water uh, and because of the size of the day, there was there was never going to be a need to duck dive anything anyway. So that worked very very well. It was like a super stable platform. I fluked getting my foil in the right space on the board, um, and I was using my fourteen eighty Phantom, but having sold my smaller Phantom setup, I was using a very very short fuselage and a very small rear wing that came with my new Skate nine fifty that I've got. So. That was quite a different setup to what I would normally use. Um, and it, yeah, it made a wildly radical difference, basically. 
good. Yeah, it it was harder at first. Like the takeoff, it was way more pitch sensitive. Like I I I think I think the F one fuselages I think go down in three centimeter increments. I guess so. I think that would have meant that this was going from a two fifty fairly thick surf rear wing, and I think they measure theirs in surface area down to a two hundred square centimeter surface area rear wing on a fuselage about nine centimeters shorter. There's quite a big change, and there was definitely more pitch sensitivity, um, especially changing both things at once as well. Yes, but the the it felt like a completely new foil like there was immediately the very first wave i got there was so much more speed um and it would carve so much tighter and it took a bit of getting used to and the pumping definitely took getting used to because the whole cadence has changed foot position changed part of that to being on a different board but yeah it was wild um and this came led me back to the conversation with freddie about how the, we're kind of behind the trend because all of the brands started pushing out all of these, you know, Axis have got their what crazy short, silly short fuselages. Loads, all the brands were doing shorter fuselages and pushing smaller rear wing options and all the rest of it. Um, and whilst I do very much now appreciate the benefit of that, I feel like only recently would I have had the skill level to be able to utilize it. And this just opened a whole conversation between Freddie and I about how it's almost like we're a bit behind in the UK. And in, certainly in the last 18 months, Freddie and I have had as much of an opportunity to get on the water as much as possible, as much as anybody in the UK that works full time is ever going to get, probably more than most people would be able to. And yet... We're still nowhere near. Yeah, we're still behind other scenes in the world. I think it's only natural, and I think it's... And I don't, I don't think either same. of us are below-average sportsmen either. Like, in terms of other stuff that we've done in the past, we've both been successful at stuff, and I think it's... Is it just the variability of conditions that we get here? And we will have months go by where you don't get a single session on the water, and then winter is quite long, and blah, blah, blah. I think there's, a, there's numerous different ones, different arguments behind it. I think the first two that could pop to mind is... Uh, gone completely out of my mind already, but... Uh, we don't invent these sports. These sports are made in places like Hawaii, as we know. So they're already, that's where it starts. It then trickles over to us via mainstream media or, or people bringing kit over. So they're already 12 months ahead of us there. And then it's a cultural thing, I believe, as well. And I find that between even being up in the north of England to down here, water sports never never took off anywhere near like it is down here it's just not as it's not exactly it's not it's not accepted up north by the the bulk of folk let's say and that's the same if you're inland of anywhere because we've got such a big expanse of people inland as opposed to on the coast we're not subjected to it as often uh, or not everybody is subjected to these sports as much as they are in the likes of hawaii where the culture revolves around getting in the water or australia where 85% of people live on the coast that just so happens to have waves there as well. Uh, and then ties in with the fact that if you've got waves every day and you can get in the water every day, then... I do think the reliability might be a big part of huge it. Huge part, fair, absolutely I mean. huge part. For them to be able to go... I mean, again, even living in WA for a little while, what are we doing this evening? What, well, we're going kiting? You don't even need to ask a question. Kit's yeah. already in the car. The wind picks up at four o'clock. You pick me up after work, we'll go. 
Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. The weekend we'll go down to Margs or we'll go down to Augusta or somewhere. Or we'll go all the way, you know, go, go a little bit further to safety and just spend the day with, you know, that's just what you do. Here, yeah, is, it, is, it, like is it good, like, Liam? Is it not good, Liam? Shall I come up? I've come, yeah, I've, I can't I've even, come up. Often, a lot of the times, you know, I'm right. I live literally a stone's throw from the beach here in Exmouth where we ride a lot. Whereas Freddie's 35 minutes away next year and he will often ask me whether it's worth the drive of 35 minutes or lot. I'm like, oh, I'm really not sure. The forecast is quite questionable. Like it might be a session, it might not be. We just don't get those, those steady wins that, that you can rely on like a lot of other places. With the exception of last week, what a great segue when That's we true. had an absolute banger of an east-south-east wind, which is my favourite wind direction here in Exmouth. And um, having been kite-foiling... There was like there was a lot of light breezes that week, and as I said, it was like two weeks where I didn't get a single session, and then we did have quite a fluky couple of weeks this last couple of weeks, and I think I went out kite foiling three or four sessions, um, kind of back to back, and this was my first exposure. So I've now got a F1 Skate 950, and the first sessions I got, and it was kite foiling, which when I messaged um, Charles about it, he laughed because um, I was sort of giving him feedback and saying about how I could see like there was so much potential with this foil and I was really enjoying it from the beginning and he was like oh what were you doing with it like winging or prone foiling and I was like no kiting and he was like oh bloody hell. Um, They're quite a big wing for kiting is it? Well it's not that it's a big wing it's, I think it's just it's pretty high aspect to use I mean the span of it's 87 centimeters and if you like you look at popular foils from other brands like that Slingshot 633 that's a really popular kite foil well, they're all really low aspect foils because they can be because efficiency is not that important anyway. Um, and yeah, so I was kind of getting used to it on that. Super different to my last setup. Um, it actually took me quite a number of attempts to get going because I used my tiny little board, which has got no volume at all. And like with that skate, you have to really go, yeah, quite quickly. And I hadn't kite foiled in a long time. So that was quite funny. And then this easterly came which in Exmouth means pretty much actually lines of swell all day. Um, it's wind swell from a pretty big fetch, so it goes on and on. Like you, if you can, There are certain lines that you see them come in and you can take off on the wave and it will just be a lump that rolls on and on and on. And you can ride them for easily, you know, if you get lucky, 800 metres a kilometre sometimes if you pick up the right one. Quite um, funny, the conversations I have around work when we get days like this. Max Track did very little work that Wednesday because Tom, <laughs> Tom decided to bugger off to South Wales and I decided to spend the majority of my day in Exmouth. And then when I speak to customers the next day, they're like, everyone, everyone just ran out riding. Everyone went kiting, everyone went winging. You do any work yesterday? Nah, mate. Went to the beach. That's how it should be, isn't it? That Definitely is, how it Those should be. are the people that should be in this industry. And the whole day we were out there, we were there with Steph and Eric who run edgewater sports on, yeah. on exmouth beach steph literally rode over to me at one point and um she'd let she'd let the staff go out uh for a little lunch session so like rachel was out there winging i think that was in fact one of the first sessions that rachel's actually been stoked on winging she's a very very good kiter and it's taken her a bit of a while to transition to winging and she was stoked and then steph uh, went out afterwards she was like i told them it was only going to be an hour lunch session <laughs> and like two and a bit hours into the session she's like i should probably go back in now but it yeah, was good we all had, day. We had two do's, didn't we? We had you were out for ages that first go. I don't know how the hell you held on mm. for that long. I, don't, I must have been out two hours. I would have thought you'd have been out for three. Yeah, 
Uh, that was a long session, but God, that was good. I was on a 3.6 meter all day, which was a little bit light to begin with, but oh God, it's just a lovely wing. I keep thinking back to when we talked ages and ages ago when you said, oh, when it gets down to three and a half meter weather, it doesn't really matter on what wing you're on. They're all the same at three and a half. I'm kind of, now I'm a bit more dialed into that three and a half. I just love it. Oh, you mean in terms of all small wings? All feel small wings similar. feel the same, yeah. I think it's true. I think, I think it's harder to tell the difference between... But that wasn't, that wasn't a hanging on session. No, you were appropriately powered. Yeah, a little bit underpowered to begin with. But the second session was good. But yeah, you just get, even just having that little bit of time in between a session as well, when you get a solid day, because that's, that's a big part of progression, I guess, is when yeah, we get so a solid day of wind, and when we're not just going, right, I've got three hours to ride, and that's about it. But when you get a session in the morning, and then you come off the water, and your body just has that ability just to, it's like when you go to sleep and it's firing all the neurons and your, your learned processes and all that bollock that I don't know enough about. When you then go out the next day or, the, or later on, you suddenly think, I couldn't do that this morning or I couldn't do that yesterday, but now my body is. Well, a it bit was more useful as well because the, fir- the first session was low tide, and at low tide, it's all a bit more predictable and clean um, because this big sandbank appears. So there's an, a, an, an area out the back that is breaking over a sandbank but it's still deep enough and so the lines of swell hit that it's all quite predictable like the bits that do peel peel a bit easier and then when we went out in the evening it was a high tide session um and the the swells kind of pushing in closer to the tide lestery mouth that we've got and it was all a bit more messy and a bit more complicated wasn't it and so it was kind of nice that you'd had that break and had that practice in the morning because had the evening session been our first session We'd have probably found it quite challenging, but the morning almost acted as a warm-up. I don't know. I had enough wind in the afternoon, so I was a bit happier. I don't know. I just felt like some of the carving around on the faces. Now I'm getting much more comfortable with throwing the wing wherever it needs to be and behind my back and passing it between hands whenever I need to. I still, still struggle with my heel side turns. Because my toe side, I just threw it, toe side calves on the wave through the wing behind, behind the wave or off the back of the wave. But I still feel like my heel side. I don't know what the bloody hell to do with the wing. I don't know. I'm not getting there. But and, and the one thing I would like to get better at is wave selection. I've been thinking about that for a while because I keep looking. Every time I ride with you or Rich, uh, I keep riding out thinking, oh, bloody hell, are they staying on that wave for so long? And I think part of it is obviously skill. I know that much. But I definitely jump on a few lumps and I'm like, the fucking lump's gone. It's disappeared. And Rich has just ridden that entire thing in for two minutes straight. I think my wave selection is probably better in Exmouth than it would be elsewhere because I obviously know it having kited in a lot more easterlies than you would have done over the years. But I definitely also think that, well, two things. One, I've spent a lot of time observing Guy and how he stays. It's the equivalent, isn't it, of surfing, of staying in the pocket, but how he rides the waves. High on the mast near the power zone and actually sometimes in your mind you think to yourself oh well, the foil is more efficient if you just go in a straight line but actually there are times when you're better off doing continuously really really tight turns to stay in a small little section and then almost lining yourself up to go right i can see that the same bit of swell that i've ridden on is like better sort of 50 meters along the wave so you can generate a bit of speed and then go right i'm transitioning i'm going over there now that's one part of it. Secondly, coming on to the skate, it is ridiculous. I've never ridden a foil where it accelerates so much out of turns. 
absolutely mental. Like I'm used to riding. I think the Phantom is is probably worse than some in that respect. Whereas I used to do some really aggressive turns. Sometimes actually feel like I was killing my speed. Um, whereas other foils, it's like a bit neutral that I've used. Whereas this thing, it really does feel like you do a turn and it just accelerates out of it. And I'm it, going to have a little go on uh, on it at some point. I'm going to have sure. to. I'd be interested to see. I did think I was. Um, underfoiled that day for my skill level whether a little bit more glide would have been more beneficial what size would it have been square centimeters same thing 10 14 or something right so 830 hps a little bit less span don't know but yeah having settled into it so we had that day and then i had a session the morning after the wind was a little bit lighter but the waves were way cleaner and actually peeling along one of the banks um and I was joking with, with Freddie and Rich when I was catching up about them because having gone out so relaxed, having ridden so much the day before, I think there was like none of that excitement of really wanting to try stuff because like you'd ridden so much the day before, you weren't desperate to get out there and you weren't desperate to try anything in particular. You were just out there to enjoy it. The conditions were easier. The wind was lighter so that the wing just literally dragged behind like a piece of cake because the swell was still good enough to have so much speed. And the only way I could describe it, having settled into that skate, was I felt like I was watching myself. Like I couldn't actually believe that I was riding the wave in the way that I was. And I was thinking to myself, we've kited and we've pursued kiting in waves. And we literally, those were like our dream kiting wave riding conditions and have been for a decade. And on that morning, I don't think I've ever ridden any wave like that before ever in my life. You didn't tell me it was good at all. Didn't know it was going to be good. <laughs> so I stayed at home and missed all of it. Um, and so, yeah, I'm very excited by that foil and to see what happens, basically, moving forward in some good conditions. I can't wait to get it to Bantham. And I also can't wait. It made me think about the session that we had at Damer when I think Rich was riding, and I can't remember what foil he was riding, actually, but he was on something high aspect, something speed related you were on an art and you two were just able to ride swells for ages and i couldn't i could only pick them up on the bank whilst they were breaking and a bit more steep this was on the phantom and i would just lose speed and i was like having to pump to stay on the wave whereas on this thing i cannot wait to get back in conditions like that because i think it would just those more lumpy not very steep waves this thing's going to be so much better but again back to what we talked about before you yes you have been banging on to me for ages about trying something more similar to this a long time it has but i don't think i think i could have transitioned sooner but i don't know how much sooner would have been sensible and also there was the fact that i get to tweak my setups kind of as and when i want yeah whereas i had to commit because i was buying and selling stuff yeah so I've definitely seen, I watch the trends from afar. I've had conversations with Adrian before where he's told me what works together as a package with a wing, with a rear, with a, with a fuselage, whatever it might be, and where they work. And he gets really excited about all these wings that work really well for you know, huge waves. And they, this works in Tahiti and this works in, in Jaws or whatever. You know, I'm exaggerating obviously there, but 
in these big conditions and i have to say look adrian we're, we're not we're not there whether that's me or the, the uk in general we're not at that level so we have to definitely tweak our uh setups to um the conditions that we've got and the levels levels that we've got and as we alluded to previously the uk level isn't quite as high as some other areas in in the world that's not a bad thing it just means we're getting there and what's cool is i have been able to from what we've been selling and what the conversations i've been having um i've been able to watch that progression happen we we spotted it mainly when the arts came out the first time because we sold shed loads of those and then you start having conversations with people a few months later who've kind of had to start moving it on because they realize they can't deal with those things we've all been told this is the thing this everyone needs to be riding this this is the best thing in the world and then suddenly everyone jumps on it and goes hang on it might be for some people but it doesn't work for me it doesn't work for my style my ability level or my my location and most recently the conversations i've had with with uh, with people notably down in um the guys down in southampton direction uh down at george's spot i was using my hps axis with whatever it was fuselage and um a smaller progressive or a, a mid-sized progressive let's say compared to what else is out there now and I love it. I love it to bits, and I, I was such a massive fan of it. And I went down there, and the guys had all bought these progressives and then hated them. It's because they hadn't spent enough time, I guess, on the, the faster wings in the first place, the faster front wings, to tolerate having a smaller rear wing on at the same time. It was just becoming far too pitch sensitive. And I did have a chat with the guys down there, and they, uh, a chat with them, and they said exactly that. They were like, I can't get on with it. It's too pitch, uns- too pitch sensitive. We can't get to grips with it in our conditions. And that was in October, November last year. And then I've just done a demo there again. Well, we didn't actually have any wind, but I went there again a couple of weeks ago and spoke to exactly the same guys. And lo and behold, they've all moved on to these progressive wings now because of the progression that they've had over the winter time. So that extra six months of time has enabled them to get to a point where they are able to drop down these sizes and reap the benefits of these, these newer things. But to begin with, it was a bit too, too fast. And I think that's what we're finding, especially. Uh, not so much now in this medium aspect uh, stuff that's coming out because it is taking a step back and people are already at that level. But when these high aspect foils first came out, we as a UK market weren't generally, genu- generally, generally ready for it. And we all, and I, I did the same, jumped on it and thought, holy shit, I can't ride this thing. Now we're all coming back. Um, and that's, you know, that's what we've been seeing. Mm. And I think. Um... As much as you talk about us being rubbish, I think you do progress. I went on, you, I know you love Pure Tone and Fanatic, and I had a go on a friend of mine's setup the other day, and it was a, the new unit, 5 meter, the Duotone Surf 1250 foil, and a Fanatic 70 liter Skywing. And the best way that I could describe it in terms of how it felt to me at that point was it was like cheat mode was on because having just come off, you know, the many hours in critical conditions on the skate and then going on this thing in flat water, the fuselage is pretty long on the, on the standard duotone setup. And I think you can adjust the rear wing. I think they've got two slots. You can have it forward or back and it was set up at the back. You, I could literally spend five seconds walking my feet when i wanted to change my feet um and the the 
jibe like you couldn't really snappy carve it at all on the jibes and the tacks i laughed at myself because that unit very nice wing very good free ride wing i wouldn't use it in waves um but it feels like super solid loads of power on demand loads of power when you pump it one of the first wings I've used that's got the more solid handles and I don't think it's for me but I can see the appeal it does make it feel like super direct because this is another funny conversation here because I have have chats with with some people in some areas of of pockets of the of the UK now that will not look at a soft handle wing Mm. yet none of us in our close-knit bunch of mates are even willing to entertain the idea of I can, we talking about we talked about this prior, so we don't need to. No, no. The the I, genuinely the unit I was. What I want to define here is up until now, I feel as though wings have just been getting better, um, better or worse. And up until now, it's just is it a good wing? Is it a bad wing? Whereas I feel like now, as my skill and perception has increased, and as the wings are developing more. I literally got off that unit and thought, yes, that is a very good wing, but I would consider that as a free ride wing. And this is how... Because of specific characteristics. Wings are now broadening out in the ranges that they have within brands. Yeah, but it's actually happening. My point is, it's no longer just marketing bullshit to try and sell that wing to people that want to ride. Like, it actually is changing. And the the characteristics of that one in particular... um, yeah, like I said, power on demand, it accelerates really quickly. It accelerates upwind really nice, downwind really nice. I don't think I've used a wing that was quite so fast and would um, did, like, work quite well generating apparent wind, going downwind and stuff. Um, very comfortable tacking, jibing. That was what was funny with the tacks, is that I was very impressed with how quickly that 1250 would go. It wasn't glidey, like it wouldn't hold its speed when you drop the wing, but it would go fast if you were powered up. And so I was like flying into these tacks, but because I was leaning on my heels as much as I could, but because the fuselage was so long, I was doing these drawn out turns. I must have been gaining like 25, 30 meters on the tacks because I had no choice, which meant I had to go in with shed loads of speed because, as I said, it wasn't very glidey and you were doing this drawn out thing. Um, But yeah, so unit, I think for. 90% 90% of the people certainly that we see as we said in the UK that are just riding around jiving tacking free riding very nice wing this is why it's been so popular um there was something else I was going to say about this but I can't remember oh it was flat water it felt so easy on that long fuselage I found myself with a quite serious desire to do jumps and I did quite oh, a lot yeah. of jumps and I this was only with a front foot strap so I had to sort of, there was like a hybrid style of takeoff and aerial in the air where I did use the front foot strap, but I was thinking, what do I do strapless on the surfboard and making sure to like get the board sort of pointing in the right direction on, on touchdown. Some of them were catastrophic landings, but one of them I legitimately managed to land and foil out of. Very good. And another one I landed and sort of did like one bounce and came back up and I was like... Still don't agree with it, but <laughs> I was thinking to myself, "Freddie, I fucking hate this." And I was thinking back to, um, I was thinking back to what Jake Kelsick said in Antigua with his wing, and he was like, "I'm not going to try and learn all these, you know, fancy stuff." But he was like, "Just a couple of 
jumps that you get really comfortable making stylish. He was like, I do want to do that, and he does, to be fair. Well, I, you know, we, I, we, we've, we're notable that we don't condone jumping and freestyle and all that jazz, but that's, that's exactly right what you said about what Jake said. And I just think back to old... Um, well, I'm, I'm coming round to it because people are landing stuff properly now. I've never had an there. objection to jumping. I don't like the landing stationary. Leon's and... jump in, is it Mauritius? That big drone one. That's what I would like to be able to do. Because and that's not... flips in waves, landing back on a wave and riding. Amazing. No, that, that one of Leon, I just thought. That's, that's the kind of jump I'd want to do. Because he send, sends it to the moon just off the back of a wave. And it, it, it did look very good. Don't um, watch the landing or anything like that. But the rest of it, the good bits. No, good. I don't like the stationary landing. And I don't really, I'm not a fan of the windsurf style spin. Where the spin is kind of... Again, it's the same as when you watch skiing though. It's how it's the whole, done, isn't the whole it? spin to wind thing. Because the, there was something I shared the other day. Didn't want to, but it, it needed sharing. Because he was throwing a nine. The fact that they're throwing nines is just well, bonkers. No, is it, and it's, it's the same when we watch... Is it 1080? Yeah, it is. That's how long it's been since I've watched skiing. But now when you watch skiers doing 1660s or whatever it is now, okay, it's not the most stylish thing in the world, that example. But it's still impressive as hell to be able to get into a body position to throw that comfortably. And the big one for me with the likes of the wing, wing foil and stuff, one wrong pull or push with the handles and the wing suddenly catches the wind in the wrong place and kills the whole spin so he's they're doing they are doing well oh, bollocks i've gone and said it's good haven't i it's not good it's like i still don't it's like how it's it done. It's but it's impressive it's, it's how it's done and the same with everything that will push the style side of things because you can't get style until you've done the trick in my eyes i don't think you can learn a trick stylishly no absolutely. you've got to do the trick so many times to then make it stylish and then start thinking I'll add in a grab or anything like that um, well um, I'm going to push towards wrapping this up because I'm quite hungry and I can smell the dinner but I wanted to add one final thing which was we got a nice message um, does it actually have his name on here the Instagram handle is digridevibe if you have left us your name at some point, sorry. I can't find it right now. The question is, to do with um, not just the surface finish of foils, but the fact... That, so the question is, why are foils, masts, and boards all smooth? There are a lot of aero-hydrodynamic examples of non-smooth surfaces traveling further and faster. Battered golf balls led to the development of the dimpled pattern. Planes used baffles, blah, 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 blah. Um, and there's a bunch of other questions as well. I thought that was an interesting one to come up. Um, I, I've thought it, because the, the golf ball conversation has been floating around oil riders groups on Facebook quite a bit. So you've got, you've got the Takuma. In response to that, the only example of a product that does try and mimic a sort of biological hydrodynamic feature is Takuma with their, whether it's a sperm whale or a blue whale, whatever it is, fin, and they've got their like ridges. Um, but that's less as far as I understand, less to do with surface finish efficiency and it's more directing water flow and perhaps keeping, preventing, acting the same as a winglet would maybe, 
um, and adding some tracking benefits so that because they, they do use very small rear wings on there anyway surface finish i think is a fairly simple explanation and my response was along the lines of cost too much well all of the stuff that we're dealing with is composites or aluminium mast construction because this is not just relevant to um the wings of course but it is true to the mast so whether you've got carbon mast or aluminium mast or the foils whatever you're either dealing with composites or aluminium now the mast is extremely simple to answer in terms of the aluminium perspective aluminium masts are very cheap why because they're just extruded in long lengths and adjusted to size so the best way to imagine that from a simple perspective is when you play with play-doh as a kid and you can push it through the mold as a star shape or a triangle shape or a circle shape or whatever that's basically how masts are made so you try to introduce a 3d dimple pattern to that just not going to happen so that's that one um from a composites perspective it's along the same lines i would imagine it's largely manufacturability at this point um you think about how difficult it would be you've got to make a mold and then you've got to lay all this carbon fiber cloth into this mold you imagine how hard it would be to manufacture a mold surface that's got all these dimples in it even if you do manage to machine it very very well you've then got finishing because whatever with them when you make a mold anything that you make in composites the product that you get out mimics the surface finish of the mold itself so you're complicating the ability to get a really nice surface finish on the mold. You're also going to, it's going to be way harder to lay it up in terms of lay the cloth down in the mold. So you're kind of adding labor time, um, labor skill requirements to make sure that that's done properly. And in my mind, I don't know what the efficiency gains would be, but I think at this point, you're, you're talking about really small efficiency gains for quite a lot of complication. And I don't think we're anywhere near exploiting the way I put it was a low hanging fruit. Like, look at when a high aspect foil came along. That wasn't very long ago. And look how much further an art will glide than something else. Um, and I just think that we're, we're nowhere near that point where the small efficiency gains from complicating the surface finish that much is even on the radar for brands at this point, I would guess. My main thing was the fact that the, the market's not big enough for any of this, for any of this yeah, R&D. Yeah, exactly. You're talking about more refinement, complicated what, R&D. Um, what his, his reply um, was, why don't they just let them loose and let them go and do what they want? Yeah. yeah he was, well, they can't. They've got no money to do that. You, you, can't be, you can't be paying these blokes like Charles at F1 to go off and just fanny around and figure out what they want to do for a little while. We haven't got the money. There's only how many how many wing foilers are there going to be in the U, in the not in the UK but in the world? There's there's nothing in comparison to sailing, for instance, or snowboarding. You know what we can rely on? We can rely on our army to chat to his mates that he knows uh, yeah. so well at the America's yeah. Cup. He's always banging on about those <laughs> geezers at the America's Cup, and when they advance this technology with their millions of budget, then he will be the one to bring it to us. It ain't gonna fucking and he happen. will tell us on the video um so yeah i just thought that was an interesting question and it's related to something which i found interesting out of some of the recent podcasts that we've released with interviews like charles the f1 designer and the little catch-up that i had with james casey as well i was surprised at this point in the industry how few prototypes the big brands go through when coming up with a new full design anyway 
like Ch I think Charles was saying with the skate, it was like four major prototypes, and that was that. Code foils for Casey, he was literally talking about them getting it pretty bang on in the first couple of iterations with the one that they're releasing soon. And he also talked about the development that he did with Axis and that he only did four or five to try and get a really good downwind. But that's four or five that they're building. Are they not testing it on all the software that you've got? Maybe. I don't know. But even so, I don't know how accurate the soft the software will be very good for testing efficiency it won't be very good for rideability and feeling which is all that matters on the surf side of things like it might be really good for a race winning downwind design but when it comes to a product that's designed for surfing in waves software cannot simulate what it feels like to roll oh and this was another point that i was making to the guy when you when you're comparing technologies that get used um on planes for example like when have you ever sat on a commercial flight from somewhere and it's banked over from 35 degrees one way to 35 degrees the other way in a second like it's just not you know it's not the same yeah it's an interesting conversation to read from afar i think uh, any listeners that are sending questions in just be very well aware that i am sitting on the outskirts reading these messages liam's the one that's uh uh, replying to them because I haven't got a bloody clue with this. So it was quite interesting to see both of your um, posts, his questions, and your your going back and forth, really. But yeah, so yeah, interesting. I just I'm surprised that more prototypes don't get made. Actually, well, hopefully, if we can sit down with the design teams that we are currently trying to sit down with, you can pick their brains a little bit more about it. Um, we are trying to chat to a few more people. We are trying to line things up. This foiling industry is quite a difficult one, as you might have found out with the James Casey catch-up recently as well. Everyone's around the different sides of the world, and everyone's off on holidays or trips down to other places that are millions of miles away and, and or different hour zone, time zones and things like that. It's quite hard work to ca catch up and, and time it all well. But we are trying. Um, so it doesn't like we have got quite a lot of interviews coming up, which is good. Um, what have we got coming up? We've got Chris's Poseidon open day at the shop on Saturday, which is down in Newquay. We're both going to be down for that, chatting away with Chris and whoever it is that turns up. I think there's going to be a little bit of a demo. We'll have some Axis bits down there, uh, and Chris will have probably some Armstrong and some F1 bits as well, no doubt, because he's uh retailing those as well um there is a little bit of wind and there's some swell as well we're hoping for a bit of a, a session uh can't possibly tell you where because the kernel foil crew will tell me off um oh and then there's the milo wing race the week after which i'm quite intrigued about i could really hope to to think that we're going to get some wind for that um i'm going to head down i don't think i'm actually going to be demoing anything there but there'll be a lot of brand representation. It's just going to be a good industry day, I think, and it'll be good to if you want if you need to chat to any reps and any guys that are down there. We're all going to be there, either demoing kit or just joining in with the racing as well and having a beer afterwards. Uh, fingers crossed, we get some some wind because it really would help Pete, the uh, the organizer there. So have a little look at that. Falmouth's a long way down south, but it's a hell of a nice spot. Uh, and if we get some good conditions, it could be a really nice event. Um, otherwise, yeah. I hope everyone's okay. Liam's buggered off to check on the roast chicken. I don't know if he's coming back. Um, here he is. 
I like the um, I like the change in attitude <laughs> to the recording of the podcast now. I think in the first handful that we recorded, neither one of us would have just got up halfway through and buggered off to do something else and trust that the other one would just carry on talking. Well, it's not so much the talking; it's the fact that I know if we make a little pause, we can do what we want. <laughs> Because through the power of our magical editing skills, which people are probably realising is pretty shite nowadays, uh, we can cut quite a lot out. Anyway, follow us on Instagram. Um, We're coming up to a thousand followers. Well, we're a couple hundred people away from a thousand followers. Yeah, but but if everybody that bloody listened followed, then we'd be at a thousand already, so bloody follow. Ah, but you've got to remember most of these guys probably don't have Instagram. They're mostly Facebook guys, aren't they? Because they're all 39 to 45. Most of them will be Facebook. You've got to think about your audience, Liam. Well, they can sign up to Instagram. Bye. Yeah. (laughs) We'll see you all next week.